The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Thank you, Emily, and thank you for listening today. Remember, it is the view from a pew. In other words, there's a view from any pew that you want to sit in. Sit on. Sit with someone. Sit alone. It's the view from a pew, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen to this daily broadcast. Remember, you can get it on your uh, websites uh, for the view from a pew. You can get it from uh, social media, both uh, uh, Twitter, which now I guess is called X, and from, of course, Facebook. Or you can write us and make sure that you know how to get all of our programs that we do weekly here on the view from a pew. Write me at Mac, M-A-C, M-A-C like macaroni, and give me a call and suggest a topic for us. We're, we're into this thing right now of answering the question, what does the Bible say about this or that? And we want to hear from you. It's a Friday, and that means we're having even more fun, and we're going to wrap up our week on forgiveness with Jesus and the cross and my co-host, Delmar Austin. And Mac, we have been talking about pictures of forgiveness. We know the Bible is pro-forgiveness. What are the pictures? Well, the greatest picture is the picture of Jesus on the cross. That really shows us the picture of what divine forgiveness is like. And so we've got to look at just some short little segments out of that whole experience before Jesus is actually nailed to the cross, he is being uh, tried before the Sanhedrin, okay? This is the night before the crucifixion takes place. Let me read from John chapter 18. The high priest asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus answered him and said, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues and in the temple where the Jews always meet, and in secret I've said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. And when he had said these things, one of the officers who stood by him struck Jesus with the palm of his hand. And you remember that Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount that when somebody strikes you on the cheek, turn, turn the, the other, other cheek. cheek. Well, he did turn the other cheek, but he also said something after that, saying, "Do you?" and this is the officer says, do you answer the high priest like that? Jesus answered him, if I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil, but if well, why do you strike me? Now, it's interesting here. Jesus does turn the other cheek. He allows them still to treat him when he could have easily escaped, when he could have shown his divine power. He does not do so. He turns the other cheek, but he points out the truth of the situation. They were condemning him to death for something he had not done. Yeah, he was All innocent. the things against him were lies, and Jesus 
points that out to them. He shows them the truth, but yet he is still willing. You know how tough that it is when somebody is lying about you, when somebody is using something false to hurt you in some way. Uh. And that is exactly what Jesus is going through. And Jesus is real. He is a real man. He feels the emotions inside of him. And yet, Jesus forgives uh, these men that should be supportive of him, that should recognize who the Messiah is. They have not done so. And uh, Jesus still is willing to forgive them. The next instant is in Matthew 27. And how is it that Jesus reacts to some of the, more, the worst abuse that he receives before he dies? Matthew chapter 27 and verse 27, Then the soldiers of the governor, these are the Roman soldiers now, they took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had... Uh, when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him, and they took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. They, they were going to put him to death. Absolutely. But they showed absolutely no respect to him. They treated him like dirt. They treated him less than that. They were as despicable as you could be towards another human being. This is what Jesus goes through before he's even nailed to the cross and before he hangs there dying. This is a picture of the kind of treatment that Satan wants to get at everybody. Yeah. Satan wants to destroy us all. He wants us to be treated in the most despicable ways. Earlier, Mac, we talked a little bit about this conflict going on between, uh, uh, between Hamas and Israel. There are some terrible, despicable things that were done. I listen to the news. I hear all those terrible stories that were done. This is nothing new, unfortunately, to this world. Nope. We have treated each other despicably for ages. What does Jesus say? How do we respond to that kind of thing? We follow the example of Jesus, who still is able to forgive, even when we are treated in some of the worst ways possible. Yeah, I always think of that line, uh, not line, but what Jesus said right before he passed away. He said, he, he didn't say, hi, mom. He didn't say, dad, I'm coming home. He didn't say, you know, blah, 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 all of you. We'll see you when I get back. And boy, am I going to take some action upon you. He said, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Well, that's just where we're going to next, Mac. In Luke 23, this is how the Bible says or tells that story. There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Now, what it doesn't give you in detail is the fact that Jesus is stretched out on a wooden cross and there are steel nails that are pounded into his feet and into his, probably his wrists. The Bible says his hands. Oh. 
And he goes through that kind of torture, and then they take the cross, pound it into the ground. It's got to, his body has got to sag as that cross is, uh, meets the bottom of the ground. And then there he hangs. And why do they use that kind of way of death? Because a man will be tortured as long as possible before he dies. He doesn't die quickly. He isn't able to get through that pain right away. He has to bear that pain as long as the body can continue to hang on. And most believe that what a person eventually dies from is they can't hold themselves up long enough, and they finally can't breathe anymore, and so they suffocate. This is an inhuman way to die, and the Romans know it, and they use, that, they use it for that reason. Verse 34, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Now, of course, that's Jesus' forgiveness, but it is also an explanation that they don't have the big picture. Right. They don't understand what they're doing. The, the Jewish people didn't understand. Those that were turned against him, they really didn't understand what they were doing. The Romans didn't understand what they were doing. And really, this is something that Jesus says for all humanity. We all, when we sin and when we re- reject God and rebel against him, we really don't understand what we're doing. And God says, forgive them. I wish they could see the big picture. I'm trying to reveal it to them, but they don't see it. Because why? Because Satan has so clouded our minds. He's blinded us in so many ways. Well, and I think it's important for us to remember those words of Jesus and repeat them as often as we need when we have a a group of people, a family, a business, somebody at work who has wronged you and wronged you and wronged you, the thing you can say is what Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Forgive my family. Forgive my co-workers. Forgive my church, for they know not what they do. When I was a child, I had some friend in school that treated me badly and was just a bad kid, (laughs) was just always getting into trouble. And uh, I complained to my dad about him. I guess I thought dad would would take care of this guy. And uh, dad told me, I remember very clearly, he said, son, please understand, Johnny acts that way because of his parents. <laughs> now, maybe that's judgmental, but he looked at a bigger perspective than I did. Yeah. He said, I know those people, and I can understand sometimes why Johnny acts the way that he does. Well, the acorn doesn't fall for, far from the tree. Exactly. But my dad had a bigger picture, and God has a much bigger picture than we do, and he understands all these things that, that uh, affect us and our behavior. God is able, still knowing everything, to still forgive us for some of the worst things that we have done. That's what God wants to do for us. But we have one more part of the story that we've got to look at because it ends with a lot of hope. This is the discussion between the thieves on the cross. You remember that one thief on one side of Jesus was actually ridiculing Jesus and saying, hey, if you can help yourself, do so and help us. 
But, verse 40 of of Luke 23, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing that we are under the same condemnation? Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It's that simple, Mac. Lord, remember me. Remember me. I want to be on your side. Jesus says to him, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus gives him hope. Jesus forgives him because he is a thief. He's a bad character. Jesus forgives him and he gives him hope that this is not the end. This is not the end on this world. The way that you are treated, the way that people act towards you, This is a beautiful picture, Mac, of divine forgiveness and the hope that it brings to our lives. Thank you, Pastor Austin, for your wonderful teachings this week on forgiveness. Last week it was sin. And next week we'll fill in the blank once again. What does the Bible say about... And if you'd like to fill it in, then email me, Mac, at theviewfromapew.com. Love to have your suggestion And maybe next week we'll do your What's the Blank. Thanks to Divine Truth Christian.com for sponsorship.